All right. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're going to learn Maseches Ksubis Daf Nun Dalid. We're starting at the two dots, which are two thirds of the way down on Nun Gimel Amid Beis, starting with the word Simen. Um, tomorrow and Thursday, tomorrow's Wednesday, today, yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, forget that. Today was Tomorrow is going to be one blot. Wednesday and Thursday are each going to be a blot and a half. Friday morning we'll learn together because I'm not here for Shabbos, and then we'll be done with Shabbos by Friday morning. That will help us to get through Shabbos, and then we'll be back in your Hashem in person on, uh, on what day is that called? Sunday. And then I'm out of town the night of the 7th, so that's that, whatever night that is. Tuesday. I could make a Google calendar. If that's helpful to people, I'm happy to do that. Uh, usually it works out pretty Hamish. Like that. Traveling with you. You're welcome to come with me. I, uh, I took. Yeah. All right, let's go. <laughs> Two-thirds of the way down. Gamar says, Simon de Gavre, the simon of the names, as we will soon say, the names of the people is Shin Kuf. It's uh, Sak Zaraf. We'll see that these are the initials of the people who will be speaking. The Shin is Rav Sheshes, The Kuf is Reish Lakish. Bechule, bechule, we'll see. And the five topics that we're going to be discussing for these five names are Miana, the Yibma, Shnia, Arusa, the Ansa. Let's go through all five of these people and all five of the Sugyas. Says the Gemara as follows. Bo minemi Rav Sheshes, he's the Shin, and Mima Enes is the Mem. That was the first case of Miyana. Rav Sheshes has a Shaila about Miyun. We know that Miyun is where Akhtana gets out of her rabbinic marriage by simply telling Adam she's done and she walks away. Yesh la mizonos, so If she does Miyun, would she still have Mizonos from her previous husband? Yes or no? We are two-thirds of the way down on Gimel Amit Beis at the two dots. Amar Luhu Rav Sheshes, Tani Tuo, we've already learned this in Abraisa. Now we'll see that the word miun is actually missing from the brisa, so don't be alarmed. The Gemara says as follows: Almona If you have a widow who's back in her father's house, ugrusha a woman who's divorced, who is living in her father's house, vishomeres yavam. A shomeres yavam is a woman who's slated to be married to a yavam bevesavia. In all of those cases, yesh lamezonos. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Oda Bevesavia Yeshlamizonos, Eina Bevesavia Eilamizonos. He says, if she's still in her father's house, then she gets Mizonos. And if she's not, then she doesn't. So the Gemara says, if you're reading carefully, Rabbi Yehuda Hainu Tanakama. There doesn't seem to be a difference between the Shitas of Rabbi Yehuda and the Tanakama in regards to all of these cases of Almana Bevesavia, Grusha Bevesavia, and Shemer Siavan Bevesavia. Says the Gemara, Elalav, and here's where our case comes back into play. Elalav, it must be Mima Enes Ikabenayu. That when it comes to the uh, Kitana being Mima Enes, leaving her marriage, that's the difference between them. The Tanakama Sovar Islay. The Tanakama is of the opinion that she does taka have mizonos from her husband or ex-husband. Rabbi Huda Savar Leslie and Rabbi Huda holds that there is no um, that there is no mizonos for her. That was case number one. We had mentioned if you look back at the uh, acronym, the Saks are off. The Kuf is Reish Lakish. Boy Reish Lakish. There's the Kuf there. What about a Bas Yevama, the daughter of a Yevama? So that means that. Ruvain was married to Rachel. Ruvain died. Shimon marries Rachel. And then they have a daughter, Hannah. So the Gemara says as follows. What about the Bas Yavama? Does the daughter, Yeshla Mizonos, Mizonos, does she have rights to Mizonos like her mother does? Or no? Is she the derivative of the Yibu marriage? And maybe not. Maybe we would have said that when it comes to the Yavama, we learned this in Maseches Yavamos, maybe we would have argued that one should only uh, rely on the initial husband for the Nechassim, the, the Yavam, the Yavama, let's say in this case, Rachel, 
even though she's married to Shimon, but we rely on the estate of her initial husband, Ruvain. And therefore, this isn't Ruvain's child, it's Shimon's child, Khan is, is Shimon's child. So therefore, lastly, she gets no Mizonos. Oh, Dilma, maybe we should say that even that if in fact Ruvain has no estate, and therefore the only way that Rachel will be supported is by Takinu de Rabban and Misheni Islay, then really because the, the, when there's no money in the first estate of Ruvain's estate, then Penino, uh, Penino, then Rachel would then be able to benefit from Shimon's estate. Maybe Islay, therefore the daughter of the Yavama, should benefit from his own. It says the Gemara Teku, we don't know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. The Gemara says, uh, if we look back at our acronym, we're up to the letter Zion. Boy Rebbe Lazar, the Zion from Rebbe Lazar. So Boy Rebbe Lazar, Bas Shnia. A shnia, as we learned about a Masechus Yivamos as well, shnia le'arayos. This is a marriage that is forbidden midrabanan. Now, if their marriage is forbidden midrabanan and there's a daughter, does the daughter get mizonos? Yes or no? And as we turn to the top of Nandal and Madal, the Gemara paints the picture for us. Because this marriage is not really Kedas Moshe Israel, they should not be married. Since she doesn't have a Ksuba, less Le Mizone, maybe her daughter would not be the beneficiary of Mizonos. Odilma, or perhaps Ima Da'avda Isura Kansuha Rabbanon, the mother who was willing to get married in this rabbinically prohibited marriage, she gets the slap on the wrist. However, the daughter, Ihi, the daughter, Da'avda Isura Lo Kansuha Rabbanon, here too, Teku, the daughter, the daughter of a rabbinically prohibited relationship, we don't know if she would end up getting Mizonos in such a case. So Yavama, I know we've learned this sure. months ago, doesn't get a kasuba. We're not talking about the Yavama. We're talking about a Bas Yavama. We're asking whether or not the Bas Yavama, the daughter of Yavama, has access to Mizonos in her mother's divorce. It's a very subtle case. So it's actually only talking about the daughter. But she does get a kasuba. For sure she does. We're only talking about her daughter, though. And the Gemara has a teku there, we don't know, because we're not sure where the burden lies, because does it lie with the first husband's estate, who's dead, Ruvain, or with the second husband's estate, who's Shimon and well alive? So we don't know where the burden lies, therefore we don't know if she gets Mizonos. Why should Shimon's daughter get Mizonos from Ruvain's estate? It doesn't make sense. So that the Gemara is not sure about. Next case, the fourth case, four lines down on Nandala Manalth, Boy Rubba, what about Bas Arusa? Uh-oh, that's not good. If you're in Arusa, you should not be pregnant and having babies. In this case, they broke the law and uh, she got pregnant and had a baby while she was in Arusa. <clears throat> so says the Gemara, in regards to the daughter of the Arusa, she was born. Um, it's hard to say she was born out of wedlock, but they're not allowed to sleep together. It wasn't cheating per se, but it was Aser. So the Gemara says, Yesh Does this daughter get Mizonos or not? Do we say, Kevan de Isla Ksuba, Isla? Uh, because there really is a ksuba for her mother, then Isla there is for the daughter Mizonos. Odilma, perhaps, that really the proper timing, the proper timing for a ksuba to be in play is at Nisuin and not at Averson. <clears throat> Therefore, Leslie, the daughter, should not benefit from the ksuba, from the Mizonos, says the Gemara here too. Take we don't know the answer. The last and final case is the case of Rav Papa. Remember we said uh, the was the language of Sak Zaraf, or on the pay here, by Rav Papa, he's the pay. Bas Anusa. Let's say that there's a woman who's violated, and the woman who's violated has a girl. Yes, the Mizonos, saying the Mizonos. Does the daughter have access to the Mizonos of the, the violator, of the rapist? Yes or no? Says the Gemara, according to the sheet of Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, there's no Shaila here at all. Of course, she would be the beneficiary. The mother actually has a ksuba of 100. It's automatic in the marriage. 
And Kiti Boilach, maybe we'd say that the only time there's a question about the Basanusa having access to Mizonos is Aliva de Rabbanon. They hold that the money that the husband owes her in the form of a knas is really given over as the Ksuba. So therefore, it's not really a ksuba. My, do we say cave the less la ksuba, less la mazone? Because it's not really a proper, distinct to uh, 100 zoos. So therefore, less la mazone, the daughter of the anusa, doesn't have access to food. Odilma, or perhaps ksuba, time amai. What was the rationale behind the ksuba? And there the Gemara would have said many times over. We've learned this many times in Shas already. The whole rationale for a ksuba is that it shouldn't be easy for the husband to divorce his wife. But here, says the Gemara, but here, in regards to the case of the Anusa, he has to marry her and he's not allowed to divorce her. So then maybe we would have thought that Allah has different take it. We don't know the answer to this question either. Our Mishnah had said, if a husband um, has in his ksuba, the Mishnah was saying, really, if the husband doesn't say these cases, and then we'd said the halacha would still apply because it's not tonight Bezdin. But here the Gemara says that if a uh, <coughs> that if a wife outlives her husband that she can benefit from the home. So says the Gemara, Tani Rav Yosef Bevesi, he said the language of Bevesi in my home, this precludes Velo Bevikasi. <laughs> This doesn't include a hut or a very small house where she doesn't really have room to live in there. Even though she may not always have room to physically live in the house, but the halacha is that she can always be fed from the physical estate, from the, from the financial estate. In fact, that if in fact the husband only has a hut and not a big, big enough house for her, that in the same way that she has no physical room in the home, she also doesn't have access to mazonos. And therefore, Leslie, she gets nothing in that case. The Gemara says at the end of the very first long line on Nundalaramadalif, we don't paskin like him. The Maisa, she gets Mizonos, even if she doesn't fit into the house. The Gemara says, Let's say this woman who's currently living in the home of her dead, her deceased husband, and then a man proposes to her and she's Nispaisa. She agrees. She says, Okay, we can get married. She's still a little depressed about her first husband dying, but she's agreeable to marry. So it said then the months? what? Is it before the three months? We're the, not a factor here. Not a, we're not after the three months. That's not a factor here. So then the Gemara says, Mizonos. Once the wife under is willing to uh, marry somebody else, then she's now untethered from her original husband and she no longer has access to the Mizonos. So the Gemara says. That implies that Haloni's paisa, that if she's proposed to, but she rejects him, she does not agree to marry, yesh lamazonos, that's what's implied. Meaning, this shita seems to imply that we sever the bond between the woman who is a widow and her initial husband who is now deceased once she agrees to marry someone. But not only if she was proposed to, says the Gemara, Amar Anan, Lididi, Mifrishali, I have a different understanding of all of this. Amra, if she says, the reason why I don't want to marry you is because I still am heartbroken over the death of my, my, my recent husband, because she's showing that she still has a connection to her husband, it's not a question of the betrothal per se. It's not a question of her rejection of the betrothal. It depends on where her emotions are. And if emotionally she says, I can't marry you because I'm still connected to my husband, then that maintains her rights of However, in theory, she's ready to remarry, but you're a jerk, so I don't want to marry her. 
marry you. But it's not because of my, of my emotions about the first husband. So there she's Megala. She reveals that she's getting over or she's over her husband. And then in such a case, she's willing to get married. Let's take more cases where we try to draw the line in regards to a woman's behavior and therefore whether or not she still has access to her deceased husband's estate. The Gemara says a third of the way down, five lines into the wide lines. Oh, uh, what if she's Mizana? She sleeps with someone. No, she's not married to anybody right now. So it's not Ish. She's, you know, kind of wallowing in her own, uh, in her own sorrows that her husband died and then she goes to sleep with another man. The Gemara says, Ein Lamazonos. That's the sheet of Rav Chizda. However, Amar Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, Kichla Upirchasa, if in fact uh, she starts to put on makeup and kind of deck herself out, night on the town with the girls, even if she just dresses up like that to make herself attractive, usually that's done at least in part to attract the opposite gender, then Ein Lamazonos. So, Machlokas, do we say that Znus is going to be the line in the sand where we say now she's shown her feelings that she's over the first guy, the deceased guy, or is it getting all decked out with the makeup and the hair? Says the Gemara, that's a Machlokas. And Manda Amar Zinsa, the one who says that Zinsa is the line in the sand where she now loses her access to Mizonos from her deceased husband's estate, Kol Shekin Kichlo Pirchasa. All the more so if she, if she puts makeup on, all the more so she's showing that she's interested in men. A little bit, I would not have thought that, right? That doesn't... Well, don't women want the beautification during themselves just to feel that? The Gemara is not entertaining that right now. If you ask a woman nowadays why they dress up, they'll tell you because it makes me feel good. I, I agree with you. But the Gemara is assuming that if Znus is a line, if she sleeps with a man, she no longer has access to the initial estate. And then the Gemara says all the more so if she puts on makeup. We would have thought it was the opposite, but it's not that way. Culturally, we would have made such an assumption. And Mandamar Kichla Upirchasa, according to the one who says that the line in the sand is that she got all decked out, and therefore, because she put on all the makeup to look pretty, therefore, she loses access to her husband's estate, her deceased husband's estate, Aval Zinsa Isla. But if she sleeps with another man, so then the Gemara says she does still have access to the uh, to the Mizonos. Why? My Taima, Yetzer Ansar. Her desire for Tashmish Amita was so strong that it was a Yetzirahara. It was a, um, the makeup, okay, you're like standing in front of the mirror patiently putting on makeup. But if you have a Yetzirahara for, for Tashmish Amita, very strong drive. So there the Gemara says that's just a Yetzirahara. And she's still allowed to benefit from her husband's or deceased husband's estate. Unbelievable. It's really crazy. Yeah. Basically because with putting on the makeup, she was... Yeah, there's no Yetzirah in the moment of putting on makeup. You're just, uh, you're obviously prepping yourself for the courtship. So there, the Gemara says that's a Gilui Milsa of her desires, that she uh, she wants to go to the bar and look beautiful or whatever, the marketplace, whatever the whatever the meeting zone is, whatever it is. But the Yetzirah, uh, that you meet someone and there's a, you know, it can be a very, very quick escalation. So there, the Gemara just says that's a Yetzirah. Either way, um, in an anticlimactic fashion, the Gemara says, So we don't pass in like any of this. Allah is not like any of these statements. Here's the din. If a woman says, I just want to get my, my ksuba in Bezdin, then Ein And when she says, I just want my husband's payout, 
then she no longer has access to her hus deceased husband's estate. Says the Gemara below, is that really true? After all, the Brisa writes halfway down, if she sells the rights to her ksuva, or she gives up her ksuva as collateral, or or she makes her ksuva a lien for another property, in those cases, yes, in these cases, she loses her mizonos. It implies that the statement of Shmuel wasn't included in this Mishnah, in this Brisa, and therefore a woman who requests her, her ksuva should still maintain access to her deceased husband's estate. So says the Gemara, Hani, in regards to all of the items that are listed here in the Brisa of Machra Ksuvasa and Mishkanak Ksuvasa and Asasa Ksuvasa Aputikila Acher, all of those Hani, Bain Bebezdin, Bain Shalob Bebezdin. That's true whether or not she does that in court, anywhere. She could do the deal in the marketplace in Jewel. She says, I'm, uh, I'm going to give you 70 cents on the dollar for my Ksuba. Then the din is that she's done with Mizonos. However, when it comes to Tovas, when a woman goes to, uh, when a woman says, I would really like to have my full payout of the ksuba, then the bezdin in, and shaloba bezdin lo, then in bezdin, okay, the halacha differentiates as to whether or not she's in bezdin. That's how the Gemara gets out of the pickle of uh, of these two, two con uh, contrasting statements. Fine. We had said at the end of our Mishnah yesterday, that the Anshe Yerushalayim were of the opinion. If we look back on Nun Beis, Amud Beis, at the actual Mishnah there, it said, that a woman is allowed to benefit from her dead husband's estate for the whole time that she lives there and that it's at Tznai Bezdin. However, what was the, the contrasting opinion? Anshe Yehuda, they said a little bit differently. Anshe Yehuda says that... Um, that uh, the Yorshin are allowed to give her the ksuba and force her out. <laughs> so instead of paying her 10 zoos a day for a thousand days, they'd rather pay her 200 zoos right now and get her out of the house. It saves them money. So that's a machlokas. And the Gemara says, Itmar, Rav Amr Halacha Ka'anshe Yehuda. Rav says that the halacha is like Anshe Yehuda. In our Mishnah, the Anshe Yehuda were able to force the issue. They were able to tell this woman, their stepmother, their, the, let's say the boy's name is Reuben Shimon Levi Yehuda, their father, Yaakov, their father, Yaakov, died, and uh, the, the stepmom, you know, uh, whatever the stepmother's name is, she is, uh, she's leeching on the family's fortune. So they say, here's your ksuba, go. So Anshe Yehuda, there, you can force the issue. You can just pay pay out that issue. That's how Rav holds. Ushmuel Amar, no, halacha ka'anshe galil. Fine, so that's the machlokas between them. Did I mix up the shitas there? I think I might have mixed up the shitas. Hold on. Mm, nope, I did it correctly. Yeah. Okay, Anshe Yehuda say you can force the issue, and Anshe Galil say that you cannot. And Bavel, the Chol Parvadha, Bavel in all of its uh, local provinces, Nahu Kirav, they held like Rab, who held like Anshe Yehuda, that they can force her out. Narda, the Chol Parvadha, Nahu Kishmu. That's a machlokas in practice. The different communities have different customs. Remember the Mishnah Maseches Psachim, that we have this idea called Menagamakum, and one has to make sure that they're following Menagamakum. When you're in a city, the dogma that women cover their cover their legs, even in the summer, tights, whatever the case may be, then it's appropriate to do so. And if you live in a community where they don't, then there's no need to do so. Okay, so these are you have to be you have to be able to follow the minagamako. My son and I were uh, Alicia when we were in Eretz Yisrael, we davened in a Sephardic shul, gorgeous Sephardic French Moroccan shul that was uh, in in the Katamon area. And we're well-trained, by and large, we're well-trained in our community. When they start Kaddish, everybody slowly gets up, usually by Yeheshmei Rabbah, most of the Tzibor is up. So, but when you're, when you're in Rome, you have to do like the Romans. So we were in there, and the, they got up, they're saying Kaddish. My son, Alicia, is a well-trained Torah. He starts standing up, and I gave him the little family whistle. And he looks at me, I'm like, take a seat. 
No one else was standing up in the shul. When in Rome, you have to do like the Romans. So here, that's what was going on here. In this case, you're allowed to force out the women because we hold like the like the Anshe Yehuda. But in other communities, like like Shmuel, they held like the Anshe Galil, and then uh, then you weren't allowed to force them out. They were allowed to benefit from the from the state of the deceased husband as long as they wanted. So it's a machlokas. What happens if you have a husband from one and a wife from another? That's the case the Gemara presents right now, two thirds of the way down. Ahibas Mechoza. There's a woman who lived in the city of Mechoza, which was in Babel. She was married to, to a Nahardah man. Also, the Kameh of. Let's see what the Gemara says. Also, the Kameh Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman was the Dayan. And when she started talking, Shama, he heard in her voice, he caught her accent. If you know people from the United States of America, you can hear a Southern drawl. And there are different kinds of Southern drawls. You've got the Texas Southern drawl. You've got my, my dad's home, not really your hometown, but where you grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, it's different. It's a different twang. In Kentucky, still, a little bit, everyone's a little bit different. And if you can pick up on those, you know where people are from. Rav Nachman was a bucky, but he heard the woman open her mouth. The woman opened her mouth, and all of a sudden he heard that she's a bas mechosa. So Amar lehu, he paskened without even having any more dialogue. He heard the shayla. He knew where she was from. Amar lehu, bavel v'chol pardeva, nahu kirab. They're allowed to force her out. So then her lawyers pipe up. Amru le, they said to Rav Nachman, v'hala nahar donasiva. She's married to a Nahardian man. What did Rav Nachman think? That both the husband and wife were from the same city. It's not true. The husband was from a different city. Oh, Michael's question. The husband's from a different city. And that means that she was allowed to stay and still continue to benefit from the deceased husband's estate. Says the Gemara, what are the city limits? How do we define Narda? Because Narda is itself a location. But what if you're outside of that one, one foot over the line? In right here on the other side of Howard, you're in Evanston. On this side of Howard, you're in Chicago. Which one is it? So how do we define our dot? So they didn't have the complexity that we have of the dotted lines on the maps, says the Gemara. Ad hecha desagi for as long as people are using this particular measuring tool that was used in Narda, that's considered Narda. They didn't have properly drawn, drawn lines like we do. Fine. <laughs> it's Mark. What about an Almana? The Almana says... That when she comes to collect her uh, 100 zoos, Rav Omar Shaman Mashallah, because the husband supplied her with the clothing that she wears, we measure, we, we evaluate the clothing that she's wearing. Let's say that she's supposed to get 100 zoos, her clothing is 10 zoos, so she only walks out with 90 zoos because she's wearing 10 zoos worth of clothing and jewelry. Ushmuel Amar, no, Ain Shaman Mashallah, the clothing is a separate line item and she gets a full 100 zoos when she leaves Bezdin. Amar of Bar Avin, Bilakit, the Allah is the opposite in regards to a Lakit. A Lakit is uh, something similar to a live in, a live in maid. Uh, in regards to the live and made, their sheets as would switch, where Rav would say that whatever payment she gets, that is to exclude the clothing, and Shmuel would say to include the clothing. However, Rav Kahana Masni Vechain Velaki, that really Rav and Shmuel hold the same way that they do in our case in regards to the case of Laki. That when it comes to the to the Yasma, which in this case the Mephorshim explained is talking about the Laki, the, the, the live and made, the Armalta, a woman who's an, who's an Almana, Shalachupok, send them out and have them take off their clothes. Now, you don't literally have to return the clothes, but what the Gemara is saying is that we evaluate the clothes, like Rav said, and then we deduct the value of the clothing that they're wearing from the total that they're due from their ksuba. So if they were deserving of a 100 Zeus ksuba and their clothing and jewelry was worth 10, so they'd walk away with 90, uh, according to Sheet Asra. Amar Rav Nachman, 
even though it seems that like we hold like the opinion of Shmuel, that the clothing are ignored in regards to the math calculations, even though the Mishnah seems to be like Shmuel, we paskin like Rav. How does the Mishnah look like Shmuel? It's not. The Mishnah says, someone who sanctifies, who uh, who makes holy that uh, items, the properties he wants to give to the Beis HaMikdash, or someone who gives their own erech, they give their own erech into the Beis HaMikdash, ain lo, lo, lo bixus ishto, velo bixus banav. you cannot factor into the donations, the clothing of the wife, the clothing of the children, velo lishman, or clothing that was specifically dyed for them, velo besandalim chadashim, shalokach lishman, not even new sandals. Omar le rava le rav nachman, I don't understand. Now that we have a marimokom that seems to be very clearly like the sheet of Shmuel, it's such a strange thing. Uh, yes, we know that this Mishnah looks a lot like Shmuel, but we're going to paskin not like Shmuel anyways. But why Shmuel's an Amora? If we have a Mishnah or a Brisa that's looking like Shmuel, why would we follow the sheets of Rav? The marimokomos have to align. We can't just break the rules. If the Brisa is like Shmuel, then let's paskin like Shmuel. Says the Gemara, because Amar rahita. It seems that the Mishnah flows like the opinion of Shmuel. However, it's really not that way. Really, this Brisa is actually like Rav Maitaima. What's the reason why? Because the Gemara gives a Svara, six lines, seven lines from the bottom of Nandal Ramadalev, Ki Aknila, when a husband gives his wife clothing. He, the reason he gives it to her is it's, uh, he gives it to her under the assumption that they're going to be staying together. If he knew, knew that she was leaving tomorrow, he wasn't going to buy her a tennis bracelet. He's giving her gifts. He's giving her clothing so for her to be part of the marriage, not for her to not be a part of the marriage. And therefore, he would never have the knowledge to give something to her so that she could then leave the marriage with them. So that's why the Gemara says that we paskin like Rav. <laughs> And in turn, what we do is we reduce the ksuba by the clothing and jewelry that she's wearing. Says the Gemara, a story. Kalsa Debei Bar El Yashiv, the daughter-in-law of one of the sons of, uh, of El Yashiv, of the family of Bar El Yashiv, have a kotava ksuvasa miyasme. Her husband had died, and she went back to the family estate and said, listen, I was married to so-and-so, and he owes me a ksuba. So the Gemara says, have a kamamate luhu lebedina. They brought her to Bezdet. And here was the brilliant ploy of the family. Amre, they, say to, they said to her, Zilalan, it's a busha for us, Milsa. Zilalan, Milsa, that you're walking around in your everyday clothes. Go get all decked out. Azla, she went, Livashtinhu, she got all dressed up, she covered herself, all the diamond jewelry, all the rings, the expensive silk and wool and linen, not wool and linen together. She's decked out at the most expensive dress she has in the house. The boys walk into the bed and they're like, give Valdek, because we know that the ksuba is always going to be reduced by the clothing that she's wearing. And that's exactly what happened. Also, the comment to Ravina. Ravina was the Dayan sitting on the other side of the table. Omar Luhu, Hilchasa Kavase de Rav. The Allah is that we paskin like Rav de Omar, Almona, Shaman, Mashallah. That when it comes to an Almona, the Allah is that we reduce from her ksuba that which she's wearing. Oh, your ksuba is 100. Givaldic, how much were the earrings? 10 zoos. How much is the diamond ring? Another 10 zoos. How much is the dress? Another 10 zoos. And they itemize her clothing. You got the socks. They're not the cheap socks. They're merino wool. Oh, the shoes, 50 zoos. She has no money left over. 
And they played her. They played her perfectly. They made her get all dressed up. Is it Yashar? Is it not Yashar? I don't know. But that's what the Gemara says. This is the story. <laughs> From her husband. Yeah, it's what she's wearing. Shaman Masha, even though he's given her other things. But it's it's what she's wearing. Shaman Masha. The, the reason we know that is because they told her to go change her clothes. If, if, if it didn't matter what she was wearing and it was a question of the value of her walk-in closet, she wouldn't have had to change. It was whatever was on her body. Go get decked out. Remember, you know, back in the day, when people used to fly, it was a suit and a tie. The women were in long gown. So we used to have a climate like that. Now, go fly in an airplane. Everyone's wearing yoga pants and oversized sweatshirts, you know, rolled out of bed. Hopefully they brush their teeth if you're sitting next to them. And that's probably the extent you're going to get on an airplane. Nobody's wearing nice clothes. But that back in the day, you go to court. Still now in England, they have the wigs. You know, they're like, uh, we, we've lost that chashivus in America, the regal kite. We've lost that. Is that a word? That's not a word. Regal Yeah, it's not a word. But when you see like chashiva, uh, you see like Ludumar, you see Rabbi Ephraim Tversky. I mean, it looks like a melech. It looks like a melech, but he's wearing a shakness. I mean, gorgeous. We've lost that. We've lost that feel. Okay. Says the Gemara, a man said on his deathbed that he wanted to give a Nadunya, a dowry to his daughter. So he, he said that on January 1st, but the market flipped on February 1st. So says the Gemara, Zal Nadunya, everything changed about with the pricing of the Nadunya. You have to give the benefits to the Yaso. Meaning if uh, the value went down and he's like, oh, great, I'm going to give the same amount of money, but it's less painful for me. No. No, whatever he said is what he gives, even if it's more painful, even if the market changed. Let's, uh, let's change this. He said, I'm going to give five gold coins. On January 1st, the five gold coins are worth X. And on, uh, on another day, they're worth less. He's like, great, it's cheaper for me. No, you got to then up your gold to match it to make sure that you've given what you've committed to. And as well, similarly, a man said to them, turning to the top of Nandal Lebras, I have a lot of expensive wine in the cellar in the basement, and I want her to get 400 zoos worth of wine. That's a lot of, a lot of wine. Then the pricing of wine changed. The proceeds go to the Asomim. Kriva de Reb Yochanan, there were some relatives of Reb Yochanan, Itas Abba, they had a stepmother, she was a fresser. This woman could pack it down. She was eating so much food. And remember, we eat like kings every, every day. We're not used to the limitations. But uh, like they tell the stories about Reb Yochanan Wasserman, that when his kids were, when they had a drop of honey to put on the, the tip of their tongue, it was considered a good day. We buy honey by... <laughs> We, yeah, we don't, we are not familiar with poverty. We, even if we're broke, we're, we still live uh, relatively affluent, certainly relative to the past. This woman was eating enough food that it actually made a dent in what was going on in the family's estate. And they wanted to find a way where they could offload this fresser from the estate. She just, the woman couldn't stop eating. So it says the Gemara, Amar Lahu, Izilu, the Amru Le'avuchon, uh, they should say that uh, before he dies, he should dedicate one acre of property that should be hers for the sake of food. Also, the Kameh de Reish Lakish, they then were talking with Reish Lakish and learning. Amar lehu, kol shekein mizonos, you made a very big error. Now all of the food that ever grows on this property can be hers and not yours. She may be a fresser, but you give her an acre of property. You know how much you can make in corn and soybeans. There's a lot of money to be had there. She could eat like a queen. So it says the Gemara, Amrulei, but I don't understand. 
That's not what Rav Yochanan said. Rav Yochanan was the one who gave us the idea. Amar Luhu, Resh Lakish wasn't having it. Resh Lakish said, Zilu Havula. Now you have to give it to her because you already committed the land. And if not, I'm going to take Rav Yochanan out of your ear. In other words, you're listening to him too much. He's wrong in this case, says Resh Lakish. So then they went back to Rav Yochanan. Also the commenter of Yochanan, my high, what's going on over here? Resh Lakish is saying the opposite of you, Amar Luhu. And he said back to them, I have a colleague, I have an equal who is not in agreement with me. Okay, he's saying good, a good, he's saying a beautiful word. I can't tell you that he's wrong. Amar Rabbi Yabo, what's the explanation of Rabbi Yochanan's shita? What was Rabbi Yochanan saying? Omar, Omar, Limizonos, Riba Limizonos. If you say that this whole field is for Mizonos, that she can constantly eat from it forever, all of its produce. So then, yeah, that's a problem. And that's a big mess up. However, if it's Omar Bimizonos, we're giving her land that's equal to what she's owed in food. 200 zoos, 100 zoos, then not all the proceeds forever. Then, then it's a fixed amount. And that's a better way to understand Rav Yochanan. We finished another parak of Maseches Ksubis. We should come back to this daf in seven and a half years. Let's get started with the next parak of Perak Afal P. We'll be going to the top of Nun Hei Amidalaf, about five lines down, and then we'll stop. The new Mishnah writes, middle of the page, even though we know that the basic structure of a ksuba is that a virgin would get 200 zuz had the marriage fallen apart, and an almana would get 100. A person is allowed to add whatever they want. Yosef, no problem at all. That's referred to in halacha as tosefes ksuba. So we have the baseline of the ksuba, and then we have another line item of the ksuba called the tosefes ksuba. If a woman loses her husband or she gets divorced, whether or not she loses her husband, either way, through death or divorce, from the stage of Eresin, just betrothal, or from actual full marriage, the halacha is that she not only gets her baseline, uh, her baseline of their 200 or 100, depending on her status of virgin, but she also gets the tosefes, she gets hakol, she gets everything. Rabbi Lazar ben Azari Omer, only if they're fully married does she get both the basic 200 slash 100 and the Tosefes. But Minha Erisin, if it's Mina Erisin, if her marriage ended only after betrothal, then Basula Govim Asaivalmanamana. Then they only get the baseline of the 200 or 100. However, Shalo Kasavla Ella Almanasla Konsa, the only reason the husband would have added that extra money of the Tosefes Ksuba was in case they were actually married. Obviously, the husband wasn't intending on giving away all of this money without a marriage. They've never lived together. They weren't in the apartment for one day together. So it can't be that the Ratzon of the Baal, when he added a Tosefes to the Ksuba, was that it should go to them even after Eresin. It's not Mistaber. Rabbi Huda Omer, Rabbi Huda says, Im Ratzon, She's allowed to offset what the standard is by reducing it by saying, I'm okay taking it less than, less than 200. Let's say he says, I really want to marry you. I don't have enough money to keep you on the line for 200 zoos. She says, but I love you so much. We'll get married. He's kabli I'll offset your cost by 100 mutter. And the same, the same is true with an almana, that she's allowed to accept a reduction in her ksuba. Reb Meir Omer, I absolutely disagree with Reb Yehuda. That's considered, at least conceptually, even if not halachically, to be be'ilas znus. We always have to ensure 
that a husband is on the line for 200 zuz for a basula and 100 for an almon. Says the Gemara, we had said in the beginning of our Mishnah, Pshita, that of course we should be able to be adding to a, to a ksuba. Why do I need you to tell me that, I have to, that I'm allowed to add to a ksuba? That's, those are Tvarim Pshutim. Says the Gemara, Mao de Tema, Kitsusa Avdu Rabbanon, Shalom the Vayashes Misha'inlo, that really there's a maximum cutoff. 200 zoos for one, 100 zoos for another. And the reason there's a maximum cutoff is because not everyone is such a gavra rabba. And we don't want to come up with this scenario in the community where a very wealthy family X, he gave 200 zoos plus 1,000 zoos. He's such a rich guy. It's his prenuptial agreement effectively. But there's a guy down the block who could barely afford the 200 zoos. Maybe we didn't want to create socioeconomic divide in regards to the ksuba kamashmalan, that's not true. We don't care. A husband is allowed to add a tosefes ksuba at will. No problem at all. We had said in Ratzah Lahosiv, and the Gemara makes a diuk. Why does it say in Ratzah Lahosiv? It doesn't say Ratzah Lichtov Laloktani to add in in writing. We don't necessarily have to add it in in pen. Says the Gemara, El Ratzah Lahosiv. Why didn't it say that it should be written? And why does it say that it should just be added? Why this subtlety of language? From here, the Gemara infers Misayeyale the Rabbi Ivo Amar Ravianai. To Amar Rabbi Ivo Amar Ravianai, Tanaik Suba Kik Suba Dami. The Tanai Ksuba, the Tosefes Ksuba, that which we're adding as a clause to the Ksuba is part and parcel of the Ksuba itself. It's not two line items. It's all one entity. So when there is a Tosefes Ksuba, the merging and blending of the fundamental 200-100 plus the additional Tosefes Ksuba, they're one and the same. Nafkamina says the Gemara for the following 14 Sugas in Halacha. We're only going to list the 14 now. I'll briefly describe them. We'll get into some of them as we continue learning in future days. What are the 14 nafkaminas? Lemocheres. If a woman sells her ksuba, she's not only selling the basics, she's also selling the tosefes. Lemocheles. If she's mocheles her ksuba, same thing. Lemoredes. If a woman is restricting her ksuba, is restricting her husband from tashmish amita, withholding tashmish as some type of onesh. So we give her a, like a per diem consequence to reduce the her ksuba, even to the point that it's zero. But what are we reducing? Not only the basics of the ksuba, even the tosefes. Ulipogemes, a woman is going to argue her ksuba, she's also arguing on the tosefes. Ulitovas, a woman says that she wants the family to pay her ksuba. The halacha is that she's being toveyan both. Ulioveres aladas, if a woman doesn't keep halacha properly, We'll learn about this later in the Masechta. She's Tetzei below Ksuba. That includes even the Tosefes. Lishvach, if there's an improvement in the cost, that's to her benefit in regards to the Tosefes as well. Lishvu, in regards to her making a Shvu, Rashi details what all of these cases are. There are impacts there. Ulishviz, there can be an impact <coughs> in regards to Shviz on a Ksuba because Rashi says, what about... Um, Shviz Mishametes Ksuba is that impact the quality of the star if it's used as a lean. Ulakosev Kol Nechasev Lebanov Legabos Minakarka. How does that play out in regards to giving things over to the kids? Umina Ziboris from lower quality properties. How does that impact the Ksuba? All of this and this this last one as well. The Chol's Manshihi Bevei Savia when she lives in her father's house. And lastly, Ulakosevas Benindichren. If we were to add in the clause in the Ksuba about Benindichren, which we spoke about yesterday, which was a way to guarantee that a father is marrying off his daughter to a family will give generously because there's a way through to guarantee that the money will stay in the family if she were to have sons with this husband.
even if she were to die. So the Gemara says these are the 14 nafkaminas as to why it is that our Mishnah said lehosif, that a person is adding and not writing lichtov. It's not a newly written clause, it's part and parcel of the Ksuba. We'll stop right here, four lines down, wishing you all a beautiful night. Mm-hmm.